You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 204. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Online moderation and censorship is one of the biggest topics that we cover here on The Local Maximum. And today, we're going to break new ground with this discussion my guest today is someone that I've had the opportunity to speak with several times over the last few months about what we can actually build online when it comes to content moderation, uh, specifically for the Odyssey video platform, but more generally for any uh, content uh, platform that exists on, on the internet, whether it's Facebook or, or Twitter or, or anything else really. And it really requires a new way of thinking about the problem. So let's start. My next guest is an engineer working on the Odyssey video platform, holds a PhD in computational social science, and has shared some deep thinking on the censorship problem on Substack and Twitter. Johnny Nelson, you've reached the local maximum. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Max. Nice to be here. Yeah. All right. This is going to be this is going to be fun today. This is going to be kind of going back to you know, what I see as, as local maximum, where it's like, hey, let's just hash out an issue when it comes to technology or emerging technology or, you know, or even, you know, machine learning or how the internet works. And, um, you know, let's not, uh, let's not try to think about it too much. Let's, let's have this podcast be a forum for discussing ideas. Let's, let's let this be, you know, a, a forum for generating ideas. And then, you know, I know you and I are, are, are talking about internet censorship a lot. And so maybe we'll talk about some of these ideas today. And then maybe six months from now, we'll, uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll talk about what we've learned as we uh, hopefully try to implement some of these. So, okay. The first topic today is how we're going to solve the problem of content moderation on platforms. And I don't want to leave until we solve this problem completely. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Uh, I, 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 I thought long and hard at how, how I'm going to, uh, uh, how I'm going to set this up in my first question. But so, so here it goes. Why can't we just have no moderation? Just do no work. Just create a platform where there are no rules. And then uh, people can just come on, do whatever they want. Wouldn't that just be the easiest thing? Uh, and, and hey, we've had it before. Um, I mean, how many of our friends are probably had their first internet start with like forums like 4chan or something like it? Um, there, there is this no moderation um, space that has existed and it kind of works as long as everyone goes in with the assumption that there is no moderation. Hmm. It's much harder to maintain, I think, when you have tools that do amplification. Um, once there are tools that do amplification, the absence of moderation, um, I mean, you tend to get these things that are amplified that are kind of poisonous for all so, the users. Um, yeah. and, and by poisonous, I mean to their attention. Like the, the, the rule I use is if you respond or participate in some particular topic because it's the heat of the moment, um, and then in like the sobriety of your mind hours later, you're like, ah, I really wish I didn't do that. That's a role for moderation, not necessarily censorship, just we're missing some tools to attenuate that process. So, so let, let's break this down a little bit. Like what, uh, uh, what do you mean by like a tool that, tools that do amplification. I assume this is something in the hands of users or, you know, something like that. So I think right now that the tools that are doing amplification are the recommender systems. They're, they're doing okay. the amplification side of things. Um, and there are a lot of people who particularly bait other people into participating in topics. Um, you know, they have these inflammatory remarks and everyone ends up in these situations where they're piling on one topic or one person. Um, okay. And the flip side of that, too, is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make it all sound one thing. Um, we also have the flip side where there are pylons for people or dog piles, whatever you want to call them, that are kind of shitty to that person. Right. Um, well, it, yeah. So so let's give an example. So I think you're talking about, um, right, you're, you're talking about like kind of a, a, a case where you're trolling an individual or, or harassment or, or, or something like that. Showing an individual harassment or even just topics that people get sucked into that they wouldn't want to participate topics. in. Okay. Um, the tool that I'm more kind of talking about for the other side, the attenuation side, is basically saying um, 
when the medium itself is the one doing the moderation, which is what Facebook does, which is what Twitter does, when it's opaque like that, I don't think it works. Um, it ends up being this really arbitrary process and it doesn't empower the users in any way. Um, so you, it's just this, you get this monoculture of what's enforced. Um, right. and, and users do pick up on it. Like people aren't stupid. They, they pick up on it and then it kind of drives the trolling process even further. It drives the inflammation across like group boundaries even further because there's a sense of something is unfair. Um, whether or not that's true, it doesn't matter. It's just the point is that the users aren't in the position to do their own moderation and they're relying right. on something that they hope works for now and hope works in the future, but there's no guarantees for either case. Right. It, and it came about very slowly. I almost feel like, um, where, you know, it's, um, and, and so, uh, you know, it's at first Twitter and uh, Facebook were not moderated that, that much, um, on, on a global level, but, it's not like one day they flipped a switch. They said, "Okay, now we're now the hammer's coming down." It was yeah. like a lot of little, a lot of little steps, a, lot, a little bit of like, um, how do they put it? Like boiling the frog there uh, over yeah. time. And so there was no deliberate attempts to be like, "Okay, let's actually think about how this should work." And I don't think there has been. And and I, I think the consequence is that literally everyone is not happy with the situation. Like hmm. there is no happy party. Um, the people That's who true. are currently in favor of censorship for various things are basically saying you're not going far enough because they're still exposed to things they don't want to be exposed to. And on the other side, there are people who are getting banned who are like, you know, this was not actually a violation. Um, why am I being banned? So there is no solution that I don't think can solve all the problems. But what we have is actually not making anyone happy either. Uh, could they both be right uh, in a sense? I mean, uh, you know, I'm thinking the the kind of the censorious people. I mean, maybe I, I wouldn't agree with them on we have to, you know, we have to censor more people. But hey, maybe they don't want to see certain content, and and that's kind of like a legitimate um, preference of theirs. Um, I mean, it depends. There's kind of two ways to say it, right? There's there's the one way to say it where like I don't want to see this content, and then there's another way like you need to go after this person and make sure nobody sees it because it's a threat yeah. to the social fabric of our society. So th there is yeah. definitely two two that I see, but um, but 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 there is kind of a legitimate side to someone who wants b better moderation for themselves and there's a, a well i don't know maybe you think there's a legitimate side to the second one too we could talk about that and then someone who thinks that they're coming down too hard i mean it, it could be they're coming down too hard in some places and not hard enough in other places yeah so um the the concept i've been trying to like toy with for the past year or two is basically if if you're on a medium to consenting people who want to communicate should be able to. Um, and if there is a violation of that, then it's, you know, it's at least editorializing if it's not outright censorship. Um, right. So, so I think that part is important, but, you know, for, for the first person who doesn't want to see this stuff, they're still drawn into it by the recommender system, by their friends participating mm. in something. Um, I, I think there's absolutely a role for them to be able to have a tool that says, okay, I don't want to see any of this. I think it's bad. I think it's actually, it is bad for the social fabric. It's bad for me. I want to put less of my attention and what I express on that. Do right. that. Help me do that. And there isn't a tool for that. Mutes are really kludgy. Blocks are really kludgy. Nothing is dynamic enough to keep up with what's trending. It's yeah. like really retroactive. Mutes and blocks feel like you're you're constantly doing them. They and uh, I, I used to feel like I shouldn't mute and block people, but then at some point I changed my mind and I was like, you know what? Uh, if this wasn't, if this took my time away and I'm worse off for it or I'm upset, um, then I, I, sh you know, I. Then, then I absolutely should do it. I'm not obligated to read everyone's yeah. stuff. Uh, it doesn't make me less of a fair-minded person not to hear everybody's yeah. <laughs> opinion. I mean, no, I almost had the thing like, ah, oh, I got to be a fair-minded person to hear everyone. But that's uh, that 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 idea. I, I, I've unfortunately the cold, hard reality of experience has uh, has taken that idea out of me. Even though I still believe in like you know hearing many sides of any individual issue, but. It, it's um, 
it's you, you talked about how like muting and blocking is 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 kludgy. So so let's let's focus on that a little more, bit more. It, it still feels like kind of a never ending process. It feels like. You know, I know people who sometimes talk about things that maybe are not upsetting to me, but I don't necessarily want to talk about. Or, you know, there's some great uh, people who make some great content, but then, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll go off on some things that are just like, I don't, I don't want this at all. And that's almost impossible, I find, to, uh, uh, to, 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 to filter out. Yeah. So, um, so one, you know, just coming back to what you just said, I will very quickly, um, temporarily mute a friend, like an actual mutual of mine, if I think they're on tilt for whatever reason, like if it's something that's really driving me crazy, um, right. and I think the relationship and hearing them is important, I will very quickly be like, okay, I don't want to hear you now though. Let me skip over yeah. this part. Um, but you know, like that's, that's really time consuming to do. Um, I think the fundamental problem is you need this, your personalized muting and filtering has to be at the content level, like at the feed level for you. And you have to, un, you have to have agency over it. Um, like Twitter has a feature that says, I want to see less of this content. I never touch it because I don't know what it means. Like, I, you know, I don't want right. to be restricted by them. Um, whereas if it's something in my control, I could be like, you know what, if there's this trending topic today, I don't want to see anything about it. And you can very, maybe not, I shouldn't say very easily, but there are techniques to say, this is the same topic. Please remove that from my feed. Like, mm. I don't want to see it. It's, it's going to take up my time and it's not worth my time. I'm saying it's not worth my time. Right. Um, so, so, so for, for user mutes and user blocks and mute phrases, um, it's just, it just takes too much effort. Like it doesn't have the same low entry or low barrier entry of just perusing your feed. Um, and I think that's what it needs to be to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and it's, um, it, yeah, it's 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 extre- it's extremely tough. I'm just trying to think in my head, like how do you how do you even think about uh, you know? I guess you have to deal about that on a content level. It has to understand what the what the content is. I mean, maybe we could start kind of like uh, you know, how do you even uh, categorize the different um, the different types of content that are sucking your attention away in, in a way that's like not in in your interest or something that you don't want. So there's like the the, your garden variety troll, for example, but uh, there's spam, but but there are other types of content that's um, uh, it, it could just be uh, boringness, you know, just yeah. people to type uh, uh, just sifting through like boring stuff or stuff that you already know and have heard a thousand times and don't need to hear again, you know, something like that. So it, it seems like. I mean, I don't know. I listed off four different categories. I'm sure maybe if maybe if they cover like ten to twelve categories, that doesn't seem like uh, you know too hard of a problem. But it's not that simple. No, it's it's definitely not that simple. Um, and I don't want to mean to misrepresent it as simple. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I'm and, not saying you and, did. And, yeah, uh, but I, I would say um, like my solution um, is basically just we sh- we should have control over at the feed level so that people can make a lot of different solutions and like people start figuring out what works um, because right. I think uh, and I've wrote about this before like all of Twitter is all of Twitter's content moderation is reactionary in that like there is an event and they try to patch their system to remove a temporary vulnerability so they can't possibly keep up. But if we have like an ecosystem of tools that for user self-moderation or content filtering that the user has a grasp over, it's it's suddenly this like heterogeneous system. So it's a lot harder to game um, and we can kind of figure things out together. I feel like once again, I mean, coming back to the the, the boiling of the frog, that whole like um, reactionary nature of, um, hey, something happened, we don't like, we're going to fix it is very much in like the the Silicon Valley circa 2010 uh, uh, mantra of like move fast and break things, or at least that's yeah. Facebook. And that kind of explains, yeah. that explains how they grew so fast and how, how they became successful, but it also explains how we've gotten into the, 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 the problems that we have today. Uh, so, um, well, I, I, I wanted to ask you if you have anything more to say about that, but then I wanted to ask you like what it means to have control over the, at the feed level. Um, yeah, for the first part, uh, you know, someone actually just passed this or, or was talking about the Chris Dixon article. Um, I, I can't remember the article, but it was talking about, uh, or the name of it, but it was basically saying early on in the hyper growth phase, you know, there's network effects. Everyone's a participant. Everyone's getting value. 
once it gets yeah. later in the saturation curve, uh, the relationship between the platform and the user changes. And that's where I think we are with Twitter and Facebook. They're, they're very clearly trying to optimize for something. It's no longer the easy accumulation of benefits for users. Um, so, so I think that's where we are. What was the second question? Oh, no. Uh, yes. Uh, what do you mean about like having control at the feed level? Okay. So uh, this may have changed actually this week. Um, previously oh, for something like Twitter, uh, they were at, at earlier developer conferences, they were really explicit. You can use your their API for lots of things. The one thing you can't use it for is developing your own clients. They own the experience. Okay. Um, they seem to be loosening that. I don't know if it's because the blue sky effort to, uh, I mean, it's still vaporware, but I actually really like the person running it. Um, so I'm really uh, hopeful it's going to turn okay. into something. Can you tell us a little bit about blue sky? Like what, what is it? Blue sky was a, I guess a year or two ago that the current CEO um, now or then was the CTO showed up at a D-Web camp or D-Web event at the Internet Archive and said, we're trying to do this thing called Blue Sky at Twitter. Um, we want to make Twitter uh, just the client and everything else is decentralized. So it right. kind of goes really along the lines with what Jack is doing now. Um, and it seems like the direction he wanted to go in. Uh, they did a, a call for proposals and a bunch of them stuck. And uh, now there is someone running the project. There's a Discord. They're, they're doing the planning um phases so i think so you think they're going to keep it even though jack is is gone i don't know i so i don't know so, i'm hopeful and i yeah. i just really like the person doing it so i hope okay. it works um the flip side of this is i do not know how a publicly traded company says we are going to blow up our product yeah i mean uh, there's definitely a an argument to be made for it if you're like you know hey creative destruction it's you know it, it, it we might as well get disrupted by ourselves uh yeah, it, okay. in the long run um uh, th that would just off the top of my head be the best argument uh or, or one argument you can make but yeah uh people are going to be afraid yeah um so 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 blue sky actually lets you do all those things like you have control over what gets materialized in your feed. You have control over, um, I believe, you know, I haven't read the documents of in a while, but like you have control over what gets saved. You can turn it into an ephemeral experience for yourself. You own your uh, your social graph. You own everything. Um, so, so the amount of things you can do is really extended. So, but what what's the difference between owning it and like what I have now? Other than the fact that sometimes Twitter defollows me and follows me without, uh, you know, so, uh, maybe I clicked these buttons by accident. I don't know, but it seems to happen yeah, in a yeah. particular pattern. That <laughs> uh, so to me, I think uh, the difference between owning it and not owning it is just that the set of developers who can build uh, something grows. Um, okay, like my personal experience. I had a lot of ideas I really wanted to implement. But the whole time I was like, well, I'm going to be building something on Jack's private hmm. beach. Like, it yeah. doesn't make sense. He can knock it down at any time. Um, if there is this diffuse ownership, then you can't. Like, you don't need the permission, or, or at least there's a, right. a much larger cost to someone saying, no, you can't do this. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, uh, uh, another class is, is bots. And you think of bots as being really annoying. But Twitter used to be really, um, you know, really uh, free um, in terms of what bots it was would allow. And people did some really innovative stuff, including myself with at swarming now. I don't know if it's still around. Actually, let me check if they, if, <laughs> if they haven't uh, deleted it yet. Because uh, this could be uh, deleted on either the, uh, the Foursquare side or the Twitter side. <laughs> so, uh, but no, look, there it is still out. It's still out there tweeting. Uh, and, and the tweets on swarming now are amazing. But yeah, people come up with these cool bots and it's like, you know, some people like them and, you know, and the yeah. people who don't like them don't like them. So it's, it's and Discord does it really like Discord is like really like open with bots and like it's part of their experience and it's good. Like it's I mean, whether it's chat bots or whatever, there's a lot of creative opportunities. Um, I think Twitter is moving towards allowing them a, a bit more. I think they recently said that they just want labeling to say, like, this is a bot. Um, right. But That's at least fine. it's like at least they're saying like you have permission to do this um, versus right. just getting shut down for one. So, um, so coming back to like owning your, your feed at the feed level, like 
What is that more like now? Now are we getting into like owning the algorithm that uh, gathers all of the uh, all of the data, all the uh, all the tweets? Let, let's use just let's just use Twitter as our quintessential example here. Like yeah. it gathers all the tweets, gathers all the information, and then kind of sorts them and filters them and, and gives them to you. Or is it something? Is is that what you're talking that's, about? I, I mean, that's that's the end game for me. Like that's what right. I want. I want bring your own algorithm. I want like. I don't, I don't necessarily even want to be the one doing it. I would just like to be able to go to a store and be like, this is the algorithm I want. I, I know it has these properties yeah. um, versus now, which is I can either go chronological, which is noisy and I don't do it, which I, I mean, a lot of people are confused by me saying that because um, everyone seems to think chronological is like this natural uh I don't know. What yeah. GMO free. Some my friend called or Adam Euclid on Twitter said it's like the GMO free assumption. And like, I don't yeah. think it's true. Hmm. Um, well then uh, I could just tweet things. a lot and, and get in your feed by, yeah. constantly, you know, <laughs> and then totally I have to, too. and then I have to worry about when I'm tweeting and you know, people yeah. cannot try to optimize eyeballs because more people are on it like this particular time in this day a week. And so it's, um, I I think that marketing organizations would game that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and to, recommender yeah, systems are good. Like they, they narrow your attention to what you do want. It's just that, yeah. you know, the optimization um, or the objective they're optimizing for isn't necessarily the one you want. It's right. the one they want. And if you have ownership over data and control over which algorithm you pick, that doesn't have to be the case. Right. So, so bring your own algorithm. Like, uh, you know, I, I think, most people are of the understanding now, you know, most, uh, most tech muggles, let's say, are, are like, okay, <laughs> yeah. there's an algorithm that, that, that's in there that, that, that shows me what's there. But very few people are, you know, uh, are qualified to like pick their own algorithm. So, I mean, I kind of, I, I, I have a sense of where this uh, conversation is going, but I'm going to let you, <laughs> I'm going to let you like lead it off. What, what does it feel like to, pick your own algorithm like you know most people are not qualified to write their own algorithm uh so like what does it mean to pick are you going to have like some engineer get up there being like oh look you better pick mine because i'm doing collaborative filtering (laughs) and my opponent is is not doing collaborative filtering and you don't want that uh and then someone else comes out but hey psst look I got the deep learning here. You gotta, you gotta get this. Yeah. So, so, so what's that experience going to be like? I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be like that. Yeah. So I, I definitely don't think you should be competing over like uh, what the latest and greatest from the archive is. Like that's right. not what consumers want. Um, they, and and yet that's, I, I was kind of going over my, uh, my frustrations of, uh, you know, working, working in machine learning too, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I think the experience is just going to be like an app store for algorithms and like, you know, the marketing material has to be marketing materials. Like it has to say like this experience is, um, you know, like happier, less vitral, less news, less something in your feed. Right. Um, but like, it has to be really, really fluid to say like, let me try this out. Let me sample this one. Let me try this out. Does this feel better? Right. Um, so, you know, building a marketplace around that, I don't know what it looks like, Um because it hasn't been done. That's what uh, I have like sort of tacit approval that this is where I get to go with work. Hmm. Um, I think like, I always use the example just because, you know, I, I rip on the New York times in in this podcast a lot, but I also, uh, I also um, talk about articles from the New York times a lot. Um, (laughs) But uh, I I almost feel like a a New York times filter uh, would be, you know, in some sense, that wouldn't be my thing, but it would also be like, hey, just that phrase, the New York Times filter, like, I kind of know what I'm getting. Like, it's already a marketing yeah. phrase fit in. And I feel yeah. like you could find more of that stuff. Like, I can get like a, you know, nasty 4chan filter. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but, like Reddit has sort by controversial. Um, there was a Twitter bot yeah. recently um, that if you, I think if you, if you signed up for the app or like, like something like they would basically block New York times. It was like a group block event, um, but they turned it into like, yeah. Uh, a meme. I, um, I do that. You can stack those. I actually do that. There was a, um, uh, and so, so people might be surprised. There is a thing where you can block all content from the New York times on Twitter. And yeah. I've done that, but I also look at the New York times. So yep. <laughs> it's like, 
I'm already getting it. I don't need it again on Twitter yeah, kind of a thing. Exactly. And, and I don't need people amplifying stuff cause I've already, I've already read it. And it's like, it's, it's just, it's, um, it's to, that was one of those things where it's like, um, it's kind of interesting, uh, that it, it almost sounded like, you know, wow, I'm just, you're just blocking the whole New York times. You're not even going to like find out what the news is. It's like, no, I already know what they're saying. I don't yeah, need it yep. again. But anyway, That's- uh, but I think so. Even even something like that, like there's no reason why they couldn't be like stackable. Okay. Like, Black yeah, yeah. New York Times feeds into like this is the algorithm I want. Yeah. Um, but or again, you could just switch I, by context. Yeah, I think it's good to have like an, an organization. Like you'll have a choice between maybe not too many. Maybe there'll be like six or seven main ones, and then if you really you know are kind of in a niche area, you'll have you know, a whole bunch of other ones that you could choose from of, Hey, like this is my filter or this is my, um, this is my algorithm provider for lack of a better term. I feel like I could come up with a better term for that, but like, this is my algorithm provider. And like people could talk about which one they like. And, um, right. You're right. I don't know how companies would market this. Um, I guess the good question is how would you monetize that? As, as if, if that's what, if, let's say I'm the one providing that service, like how, is that something that you'd subscribe to? Is that, I feel like, <sighs> I, I almost feel like they should be free, but then it's like, how is that even going to work? Have you yeah. ever thought about this at all? Uh, so we've kind of just done brainstorming. Like the one obvious one is subscription, um, just because it is using more computational resources. The other one is basically that they get the stuff to feed with their ads. So like it's actually a joint product of like Mm. their algorithm plus the ads that get injected. And there's just some sort of sharing over the revenue. Um, but like, you know, I, I can't tell like if, if the, if it existed on Twitter tomorrow, like if this was Twitter blue and you get to bring your own algorithm, like, would I pay for it? I think I would definitely try but I'm like a weird consumer and so are you. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily a good signal. Right. You and I would try because we are interested in this sort of thing and we want to learn as much about it. Um, And if it's like five, 10 bucks, we'll be like, okay, it's worth it to us. But the average, sometimes I keep thinking about like back to when I was in college and, and the, uh, and the subsequent like 10 years where I was like, I will pay for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I yes. still feel like, <laughs> I still feel like a lot of people are like that, even though they'll clunk a lot down for the hardware for the phone. But then it's like, after that, yeah. you know, the next dollar, that's where I draw the line. And uh, I still refuse to buy Plex, even though it's great software. Yeah. I, I, there are still things where I'm like, nah, I could do without it. Um, and, yeah. and then maybe I probably should get, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. So yeah, some kind of rev share could work, and then then you're going to be getting better uh, better ads too. And then maybe you could yeah. pay pay for an ad free experience, which we've learned that some people are willing to do uh, yeah. from time to time. I, I will give this one example that kind of shifts like that. I think people would be willing to subscribe. Wait, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh no, I was just thinking there could be like a gold plated one that's like at the upper ends, not like you know thousands of dollars a month, but like you know it could be like. 20 bucks a month, which seems like a lot, but we're like, okay, we actually are hiring a team to, um, Custom, yeah. you know, to, to really, really go in there and really, really see what's, what's yeah. going on. So, and, uh, and, so, and, and we'll have full-time support where you could yell at us and yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, so closer to that, like I had a feed that, you know, so I really consume a lot of my own Twitter data and, and, and kind of constantly I'm spidering it uh, through the API. And yeah. uh, I have one algorithm that I was just trying to tune to basically be an early adopter algorithm. So like, I want it to show me things that seem to be like emerging tech stuff. Mm. Um, and I like, it just happened. And I, I, this is like end of one, it's completely bullshit. You know, there's no evidence that this actually worked. Uh, but I happened to be using it during that first pump of NFTs for uh, VCs. Right. So like, I had this early leading signal that like something weird was happening that wasn't replicated in my actual Twitter experience. Um, so it was like kind of just sitting there like, oh, this is kind of interesting um, that something is happening. Um, and I think for certain, you know, again, that's a weird consumer, but there are tech consumers and like early adopters who want that signal. Um, and they're certainly not, it, it takes a lot more work to get it from their Twitter experience directly. Right. Cool. Okay. So I, I feel like we've covered like some ideas in terms of like, 
and, and that's been like a, a theme on this show, it's particularly when I first started it back in 2018, we were talking a lot about like, how do you build software that like is is looking out for the interest of the people using it, which I feel like a lot of software is, is not doing that. Um, but the other topic I wanted to, to touch on today is, you know, the concept of censorship resistance, uh, because I find this, the phrase censorship resistance, I've been thinking a lot right now, like, what is censorship resistance versus uncensorable? Because I've been using uncensorable uh, in certain cases, like maybe for for Bitcoin or, or, or other blockchains, but are, are they the same? Does, the word resistance seems to mean like there could be censorship, but it's like a high bar. Uh, is that how you're thinking about it or is it something else? Yeah, that's, I, I mean, I kind of complete the two, I guess. Like I just assume, you know, Bitcoin is technically censorable. It just costs a lot of money. So it's intractable. Right. Um, right, right. That's, that's my assumption. Um, so, you know, for going to Odyssey, um, yeah, I use Bitcoin as an example just because it's like very high price. Uh, it's yeah, almost, exactly. <laughs> almost um, certainly on, you know. Uh, so, so I guess library is, I, I put that in the same category. Um, yeah. But like, you know, it's a much smaller network. So like, it's a lot more affordable to actually do censorship. Um, it's just, why would you like to spend that much money? Right. Um, but like, you know, the... I wrote a bunch about it earlier last year, basically saying that like, if, if you're not actually building social mediums for censorship resistance, I think what you're doing probably doesn't matter in the end because there's enough motivated people trying to build censorship resistant mediums that mm. I kind of think they're going to win. No. So like, it's a design constraint that you should build with now if you actually care about it. Right. I mean, I, I've spoken about this to, to Jeremy and I've spoken about this to the library team. Like these, these guys, this is Jeremy Kaufman, which is episode... Ah, actually, I should mention that episode uh, where I spoke to uh, Jeremy Kaufman. Let me just uh, get that number up here. Episode 174. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, of callbacks on this one. Another one would be uh, episode, way back in episode uh, 12, which is Virtual Friends and Enemies, where that's where that whole topic of uh, software looking out for you first came in into play. That was with Marissa Chaco, who's a, who's a product manager at Foursquare at the time. Uh, but like for library and for Odyssey, you absolutely have to filter out videos that are, you know, um, that are, let's say, like really bad, like not just someone, you know, saying, um, <laughs> not just someone like commenting, expressing a political opinion. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. people getting killed, you know, yeah. Uh, like Odyssey is a C corp, so like they have this a U.S. registered C corp, so like they right. have the same responsibilities as any other U.S. company would. Library obviously has the blockchain, so like it's if it's on the blockchain, like you can't censor it. But we can choose right. to um, we can certainly choose not to propagate it for Odyssey because right. um, right. that's a web web interface. Um, the you know everyone there uh, has been kind of operating on the thesis that we should not be pushing down um uh, uh, on the censorship or ban hammer whatever you want to call it um because that's kind of going to go away um and, and Wait, so should not be pushing pushing down what do you mean so so we shouldn't we shouldn't be excessively banning we shouldn't be excessively oh sure sure uh, so, I'm just so, saying, I'm sure people have uploaded stuff where you're like, that's just totally, you know, uh, illegal. And if you have that, you'll, you could be yeah. put in jail for 10 years. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, there's always the stories of Facebook moderators and Twitter moderators who get depressed. Um, my first month, like actually just looking through the library, the actual blockchain data of seeing stuff like, hey, what is this? And like, oh, shit. I, now I feel oh, bad. Like this is, I, I, I had, had that, that too. experience. No, well, it wasn't that bad, but at, at Foursquare, when we were starting like 10 years ago, everyone had to do like photo patrol for like a few hours, for yeah, like an hour yeah. a day. And it would be in all the flag photos and it would be like 99 photos would be just boring and you're just like next, yeah. next. And then one photo would be like, oh my God, I can't unsee that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, like there was a few days my wife, you know, she, she comes home and I'm just sitting there like, I feel like shit. I just been watching like so many terrible things. Um, right. So like, you know, it, it, that stuff we have to, we have a legal responsibility to get it off. The right. other stuff that is just like inflammatory that I also would like to be like, hey, this is, you're a sack of shit for saying this. You're or or publishing this. We are yeah. not blocking or, or or 
you know, algorithmically tuning out in any way. Um, yeah. I, you know, while I'm there, I want to be the person building the tools that says like for my experience and for anyone else, I don't want to see this. Right. Just right. Be absent that I'm just not controlling it for any other user without their consent. Right. So I, I guess my, I, I guess that brings up the question, like if the organization is able to ban certain things, certain types of content, then is it really censorship resistance? If like, I like the idea of okay. like, can't, can't be evil. Like, you know, yeah. you, you, you design something that, that can't be censored, even if the uh, organizers wanted to, but then, you know, you do, you do need some. And I, I feel like the best answer here is just like, yes, the further down you go, like it's almost layered, like the, the bottom of the blockchain layer really is yeah. not censorable in any practical sense. But then, you know, when you get up one level higher with like the video hosts, like, okay, you know, any, most videos, uh, you know, you'll find someone who's willing to host it unless, you know, yeah. those, you know, those, those real exceptions are the exceptions where no one's literally willing to host it, which is uh, yeah. uh, uh, probably, you know, it's, it's censorable in a sense that there is literal consensus. Uh, and then like, as you go further up, you know, then it's like, okay, the choose your own algorithm. Okay. I can, I can do whatever I want for me personally. I can very liberally just kick off whole, whole blocks of people from my own, from my own personal viewing. So I feel like, I feel like it's the the layered approach that uh, that kind of works here. Yeah, and I think um, Jeremy and Grin would probably state it exactly that way. Um, like library, the blockchain is censorship resist has censorship resistance. Like you, right. you, if someone is willing to one pay the trivial amount to get it on the blockchain and to right. host it, um, but the video is not there. Uh, that's only you know metadata. So. You know, so, so the video is not there, but as long as they run the open source client, they can share it to anyone who wants it. Right. Um, well, they they can host the video, right? But then yeah. they're, they're liable for doing yeah. it. So. so then going further up the, you know, up this stack that you're talking about, the layers, um, Odyssey is just an app using library. You right. know, that that's that's what it is. Um, so we're the biggest one, actually, you know, like it's it's increasing. I forget what our recent statistics were, but like we're still growing fast. Um but we are just an app. So we are in this position where we can experiment and I want to be the person bringing the, the bring your own algorithm uh, approach right. to our users. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope we could do that. And, and yes, yeah, so this is, no, I'm, I'm still, my mind is going about how, how all this works. It's almost like re-architecting that whole layered approach that, that, that I'm on. I'm still on this. It's like almost re-architecting, the whole, whole, like compare this to how a Facebook works or a YouTube works or, or a Twitter works. It's so just like top down by like a committee of lawyers, basically. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's not that it, it's not going from censorship to no censorship. It's basically re-architecting from top down to bottom up. Um, yeah. And that, that when you put it that way, it's like, it's really exciting to me. Um, yeah, and you know this, and, and going back to the earlier part of our conversation, I'm not necessarily convinced like this doesn't make most people happier um, because you know a lot of the the response to trolls like that they're actually seeking, um, yeah, and that other people are asserting is harm, which I have a lot of sympathy for, and I, I think is actually often true. If if you are in a position to not give it more attention, not give it more oxygen, like the total size of the response to trolling probably can go down. Um, right. So, so you can have so, it no censorship, but actually end up with less bad content, like getting yeah. in front of users. Well, um, I also feel like, you know, uh, let's look at like Twitter trust and safety committee, for example, I bet that they are spending the majority of their time on stuff that most users don't care about. And the stuff that are bothering users the most, they are, they are ignoring. I mean, well, there was one episode that I did, uh, um, decentralizing, uh, you know, decentralizing uh, Before Our Eyes, episode 153, where I looked at like complaints internationally. And I'm like, yeah, I bet, and complaints about Twitter censors internationally. And it, it's, it's really interesting how once you take yourself out of the US into like other countries, it's like, yeah, they're totally ignoring the little guys there who, who, yeah. wanna, who, who are either worried about harassment or, or, or can't get their ideas out. Um, and so, and so for somehow it becomes way more obvious, 
um, when, when you look at it internationally. But I guess the point I'm making is because it's so top down, they're not allocating their resources appropriately, um, to say the least. Like they're, yeah. they're focused on stuff that offends them. <laughs> Let's yeah. well, put it that uh, way. <laughs> uh, those, those, those guys who have the, um, the all in pod, I recently listened to one of their talks about Facebook and content moderation and, and censorship. And they were basically like the, uh, I, I forget who had the point, but like, it is kind of a little wild to think that a organization in Palo Alto, California can control that much of the world's right. attention and what is permissible. Like it's a very, very small group of people that enjoys wild leverage that no one should be comfortable with. Right. And they, even if those people are like the, uh, the best people in the world and I, I you know, I, I think that's, the more likely to be middle of the pack let's put it. but uh but even if they're best people in the world you can't do it it's too much uh yeah, yeah. but um but and they they do try to hire people who are who are local but i yeah, feel like yeah. th- they pick those people so it's you know i just think uh, it's uh, just not a i just don't think you can do this in any way by committee like i think it has to be right. dynamic enough that users control it and it bubbles up from the bottom yeah yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this comes to not my last question, but this is one of my last questions. So, uh, okay. The world is dominated by these top-down um, censorship moderated. We want to flip it on its head. How do we win in the long run here? Um, or is it, I, so, is it, in, do you think it's inevitable or do you think it's, uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot of hard work inevitable or not, but like, What's the, what's the strategy? I I actually just, uh, I guess maybe that, that, that's the techno optimist that still exists in me. Basically, I I do think it is inevitable as long as that, uh, I should say it is inevitable as long as no one is able to start doing aggressive things at the network level. Hmm. Um, like, the, you know, it, the net, what do you mean the network level? Like, so it, it uh, got close, you know, if you're starting to do content filtering by IP address, DNS, something like that, where like you're kicking people offline. Um, it's It starts being easy to frustrate any process that isn't, you know, massive resources like Facebook or, or Twitter or something. Or like that. Right. But if there, as long as the internet continues to be the internet where any two participants are equal peers, uh, I kind of think it is inevitable. There's just too many people communicating. There's just too much really smart and motivated people trying to build decentralized solutions. Right. Um, so, smart know, like, and motivated people who are focused on this problem, whereas the corporations are kind of like, you know, slow and, you know, it's the tale as old as time. I mean, this happens generation after generation of technology. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of people at Facebook and Google who are much smarter than I am, but like there, there's, limited resource like i mean they have gargantuan resources but when there is this many agile people like swarming around trying to just over the entire landscape find any solution that works and once they find it amplify it by you know sharing results sharing code i i just think that wins eventually i i used to know who said this quote um so i'm 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 quoting someone it's probably some cyberpunk guy uh it was like the, the internet sees cens- censorship yeah. as uh damage as damage and, and, routes, and, around. and routes around it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh so, so I, I mean i think that's true and like i mean there is an exodus well i shouldn't say exodus there is a trickle of partially self-imposed but partially self-selected people leaving mediums um to go to different ones uh, yeah. i think they're going to ones that may not necessarily be less corporate um or are less centrally managed, but I, I think the the developer interest and the actual user interest in having more control over the experience is there. Uh, right. So it's just a matter of time. Right. I I actually think that quote is true not just of the internet but of like human communication networks in general. Yeah. Like you could just say. Yeah. But uh, 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 you could probably say the same thing about uh, religions or political ideas. I. It would be interesting to kind of go back and, and try to try to make that case, but I feel like the internet just speeds it up so much faster. It's yeah, like, that's what it is. Know, thousands of it's, years of history uh, yeah. playing out in the, in a couple decades. Yeah, so. and I, I mean, like, really, if, if uh, someone had this tweet, I, I wish I can give them credit, but it basically said, pick a topic that 
um, you think has been censored and try to find information about it. And it yeah. takes no time to do it. Like that's the point. Everything is hyper network. If one medium blocks it or another medium starts just like uh, whatever mechanism to just attenuate that signal, you can still find it. And if, if, right. if it's salient enough, you will share that somehow with other people. It just might not be public. Right, right. So I guess the problem, the problem is not is, is yeah, I used to have this, this idea that like, so long as I could host as, as long as anyone can host everything, it's good. But now like big tech, for lack of a better term, has made it like, yeah, you can host stuff, but um, it, it kind of gets buried under a, a, a wall of inform of like, um, of, of, of data and having to search around uh that uh you know maybe maybe that's not enough um but you know maybe we could make the tools to 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 get around that <laughs> i'm not sure if that half baked thought made any sense but no it, it <laughs> does I, and i mean, but I, but like even for people who are interested in harm like uh private whatsapp stuff spreads what mm. could be easily labeled misinformation or disinformation just as right. readily it's just you don't see it so like a lot of the stuff that says please censor yeah, this is actually please make me not see this um yeah. which is fine like like i'm saying like i want that that under my control but like i don't think we should make the mistake of saying just because it's it's now hidden from me it doesn't exist like that, that okay, seems yeah. like a delusion um, right right so I pushing mean, people <laughs> private doesn't necessarily help even though it feels good Right, right. I get it. I, I mean, to use an ex I hate to use this example, but we'll use this example. Like even Alex Jones hosts his own website, you know. Yeah, and yeah. so that's uh, out there. Um, but um, uh, it, it. So, so what is the effect of? Because, uh, because I remember covering it when he was kicked off all of the social networks at once, and it's like, okay, we got rid of a bunch of misinformation, disinformation. Uh, we we got rid of this kind of this kind of great crazy guy screaming at us, although he can be entertaining uh, at times. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, um, but I, I still, I my every bit of my intuition and my kind of um, free speech uh, disposition tells me like that was a bad decision. Uh, so, you know, I, I wrote about it then. Um, and my, my stance was that like, almost what I said earlier, like he, he exists on social mediums to troll and provoke this like inflammatory response that has bad effects. Gotcha. Um, I, so I, I was, I was okay with him not being there, but you know, like in retrospect, it kind of seems like it did kick off this cascade where they, they did get more comfortable with banning. Right. Um, right. Whereas, you know, at this point, like I, I just be much more comfortable with like wedding lots of people. Like he's, he's a big enough person that I can just have some tool that says like, Hey, I'm going to block this guy. I'm going to mute this guy. You probably should too. Like there's some secondary graph that says like, here's stuff that I, you know, take it or leave it. That's, that's a good point where it's like, when you talk about the popular content, that stuff is vettable by humans. You don't need machines yeah. to do that. Um, it, it becomes graph. right for the, for the, for the long tail, uh, you know, you need algorithms, but for the short tail, if there's like, you know, a hundred, of the most popular channels now, all of a sudden the economics becomes, it's very, it's very expensive to, uh, to deploy algorithm. Maybe you could deploy the same ones you're using for the smaller ones, but it's actually yeah. more cost effective to just have people look at it. And that's one of the things that actually, you know, in machine learning data science that you always have to look at too. There's always like, Hey, you always have to be cognizant of like, Hey, um, what's, what's good to automate and what isn't because there's always yeah. like a dividing line there. Super hard question. Um, I'm trying to look up the statistics on Alex Jones. I, I, I kind of feel like Infowars rebounded completely. Really? Uh, I could be wrong by that or at least impressively. Um, I can't look that far back on Alexa. I don't have a, a premium okay. account, but it's, it's so Infowars ranks uh, the 1800th, uh, website. So like, okay. it's, it's so not exactly hidden. Um, people still go to it. It's just out of right. sight, out of mind, I think. Um, so what right, was the effect? Right. I, I don't know. We just talk about it less on Twitter, but like people are still consuming it probably yeah. the same amount. And they still talk about a lot of that stuff on Twitter too. It's not like it's not there. So I might have a mute uh, for that. So, okay. So yeah. <laughs> that might be, 
one of my no i mean like the the only one i remember the only time i've seen him recently was when he was on joe rogan so okay. i guess it was i guess it was that <laughs> that time we could, joe rogan can just do whatever he wants i guess uh so which is pretty cool i mean i, f- I feel like it was a better show uh just because rogan was running it and so i think he knew how to um how to deal with it. Uh, I, I don't know. There was one, he, he somehow made it like extremely entertaining that one time. It was a few, a few was it this year or last year? But anyway, uh, off with that. We, we always talk about um, all, all this crazy stuff where we're talking about uh, censorship. Um, okay, any, uh, any last thoughts on this? I feel like we've covered, we've covered the, basis, the, the basics and we've come to like uh, a pretty good conclusion on, on how to think about some of this. So... Uh, any, I, I guess if, if I had any last thoughts, I, I just say what I'm doing lately is just trying to see censorship and like attention allocation as the same problem. Right. Um, and like, I, I don't think you can think about them independently, but, uh, to, along the same lines, like it really gets hard to justify a lot of censorship if, if there's a different solution that allows you to have control over it. Um, okay. Yeah. Perfect. So I'm, okay. I'm so that's... hoping it makes a ro- robust argument for people like, uh, censorship, you know, people like free speech, um, people want to be able to express themselves on the medium. We're just missing some, some stuff to filter. Ah, I went too long on that part. Maybe just cut it off no, no. the other, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's I, I know what you mean. They're two sides of the same coin and like separating them artificially in either way, like the free speech absolutists or the people who just want to ban everything really misses the problem. And like, you can't think about it reasonably. Yeah, no, that sounds... Uh, that that makes sense to me, but it's also something that is kind of a very nuanced point of view that um, I feel like uh, a lot of people won't get as first. But the the good news is is that uh, uh, people like you will get to build it, so yeah, <laughs> maybe you yeah. can do it the right way. So cool. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, uh, you know let's uh, let let's reconvene on the local yes. maximum at a, at a certain future point in time and uh, and see what we've learned as we uh, as we go through this journey of trying to build this thing. Um, usually, I would say like uh, where where can we find more about you? So why don't why don't I ask that and uh, and uh, obviously it'll all go in the show notes. Uh, at this point, just check out my um, my Twitter page. I'm generativist on Twitter. At some point okay. in the near future, I will start doing videos because it's right. seeing people like you and a lot of my friends do it. It's like pretty clear that it's fun and it's 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 a different experience. Um, but for now, it's yeah. Twitter. All right, perfect. Uh, Johnny, thanks for coming on the local maximum. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. You can reach Johnny on Twitter at generativist G that's at G E N E R A T I V I S T. Uh, better just go onto the show notes page, localmaxradio.com slash 204. Also link to his blog post there at generativist.falsifiable.com. Some great stuff in there. Once again, that's localmaxradio.com slash 204. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.